Hello, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. week on the backstage show we're going to continue our discussion of live theater and give our stories on theater gone bad <laughs> we are certainly not immune to mishaps that occur as a matter of course in live theater no we are not i don't think anyone is as we discussed in the last episode it's live theater things go wrong but they make for great stories to tell your friends later yes they do i hope yes so the mistakes for me or i, I guess the problems with live theater for me started with the very first full-length show that i directed uh getting away with murder which as you might imagine had murder involved really yes it did and some of that murder was gunfire. So obviously you're not going to use an actual gun on stage and kill people because then you go through too many actors. As long as none of the murder was accidental. <laughs> well, then you're fact, out, then you're Then you're out ahead. Yeah. Well, well, the problem with that is uh, prop guns, at least community theater prop guns, seem to be notoriously unreliable, at least for me. So we had what I want to say was a seven-shooter. Okay. It was a seven-shot starter pistol, uh, and we had six blanks loaded into it because it was supposed to be a six-shooter. At the end of the first act, first act, first scene, I think it's the end of the first act, um, the murderer in Getting Away with Murder is supposed to shoot six people. So six people, six bullets. Shoots the first five people, goes off perfectly. Goes to shoot the sixth person, and the gun will not fire. So she's standing there screaming her head off and he's pointing the gun at her and it's going click, 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 click. Eventually, I don't know how he came up with this. He runs up to her and cracks her across the top of the head with the gun <laughs> and she stops screaming and drops. So wow, he's thinking like a real killer there. Pretty much. I mean, at that point, like what else are you going to do? I, I think it was brilliant. It was it certainly covered it. I think I've heard of people in, sense, in such instances actually yelling bang. Yeah, yeah, he could have done that. I suppose that was another option. But I mean, then you have to really rely on that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I suppose this might actually be a good lessons learned What's for that? future productions where if you actually do have a practical gun and you're relying on it to go off a number of times and mm -hmm. it doesn't for whatever reason, maybe having a sound effect as a backup might be a good idea. Yeah, I think after that, we might have had somebody backstage with a couple of two by fours ready to smack them together. Because that's, that's a decent backup. What about coconuts? We had no coconuts. <laughs> Darn. Uh, so that's not all with this. There's more. Because in the second act, he's supposed to point the gun at somebody and fire, but he's out of bullets. So it's supposed to go click. And of course, we didn't think to empty out the gun during intermission. So he points the gun at the person that he's not supposed to shoot. And then the gun goes off. <laughs> So what's wonderful about this is without missing a beat, he dodges out of the way <laughs> and accidentally, it's, it gets even better because he accidentally bumps a table with a vase on it and the vase drops <laughs> and he catches it in midair. So it kind of looked like they fired the gun and he dodged out of the way and it hit the vase instead. It ricocheted off yes. his body, which was surprisingly bulletproof. There you go. And then the vase. broke the vase. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So, and of course, I didn't even learn my lesson with guns because the last show I just directed had another gun in it <laughs> that was supposed to fire on the first try and would, would not reliably go off. So he had to keep pulling the trigger on it. It's just, I hate prop guns. I don't want to direct anything else that needs a gun going off. Okay, so he's going to scan the script next time. If there's a prop gun, he's not doing it. Yes, don't expect me to direct anything else with firing guns. <laughs> so, let's see. Fortunately, my most intimate experience with a gun on stage, which was as an actor, was a case where the gun was not supposed to go off because I was putting mm -hmm. it in my mouth. Yeah. I think I mentioned that in a previous episode. I think I'd be checking that every night just to I make was, sure. I was, believe yeah. me. <laughs> That's not good. We had, well, the uh, th that last show that I directed, we had one... We actually had two separate guns, one that was not loaded with blanks and one that was because he plays with one on stage and we didn't want it accidentally going off. But then the other one wouldn't work either, so didn't matter. Let's see, what else have I had? I had, I think I've talked about this show before, uh, Lifetimes 3. This is a show that has uh, three acts to it. I guess three scenes, technically. It's it's a one-act show. It's a, it's a full-length one-act. And it has three scenes that are just slightly different. It's kind of the butterfly effect of theater where... Uh, one little event changes, and then we see the ripple effects of that throughout the rest of the scene. So with that one, there's just a lot of props to deal with. There are certain foods that have to come out that get talked about. Cheez-Its was one. We had issues with the lines, and Cheez-Its were supposed to come out. But we skipped over the Cheez-It line. <laughs> but the Cheez-Its get referenced later. Thankfully, we had an actress in that that, that was on top of things enough to know that, oh, I brought out some Cheez-Its, and just kind of mixed that into her <laughs> next entrance. But that's the kind of thing, like, when you've got a lot of props. Improv. Yeah, I mean, lines sometimes rely on props, so you got to make sure that those props are either working or at least present. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Why is she talking about Cheez-Its all of a sudden? Exactly. They would have referred to the Cheez-Its, and there wouldn't have been any Cheez-Its. So that, that show, it was a, a pretty rare. I, 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 in fact, I think there was not a single performance of that that actually went as intended perfectly. <laughs> but... From what I've heard from the audience standpoint is most of the time the audience couldn't even tell. And and things were really off the rails sometimes. So, wow. so that just kind of goes to show you that unless the audience really knows the script, that you can cover for things fairly easily. Yeah, and that could have been the nature of that particular show. Maybe helped mask incidents like that for somebody who was uninitiated with yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that show was uh, kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me with, uh, with my... Uh, anxiety issues with yeah. shows where like I would sit in the audience for the beginning of that and then the Cheez-Its would be forgotten and I'd end up downstairs pacing in the green room. But I think over time, I've just learned to adapt to the changes that are going to occur, adapt to live theater and learn to roll with it because I, I've generally been able to do that more as an actor than as a director. As a director, I want everything to go perfect and I'm worried for every single actor. I have been worried. I mean, I still am, but now I've come to accept that this is live theater. You've got to roll with it. You've got to just take it as it comes. I think I've, as a director at least, I think I have become fairly accepting of that. And I'm reminded of something that actually happened. It wasn't wasn't an actual performance. It was a, I think it was a dress rehearsal. Mm -hmm. But it was one that we happen to be recording. You would never do that. I, I mean, it might have been one that had we thought of it, we might have video recorded. Mm. And as it happened. It's, you're fine. Just don't mention the show. Uh, well, it's going to be a giveaway because it's about golf. But anyway, <laughs> and if it's you've been paying many, attention, there will be a quiz later. <laughs> See if you can figure out which show I'm talking about that I may have referenced in a previous episode. And if you know the answer to that, you can email us at, at podcast pod at backstage dot link. Man, I never get to say it anymore now that you know it. <laughs> I I've got it committed to memory. It took me a while to get off book about this, Glenn, but I did it <laughs> finally. Anyway, 
So in a shot that, well, it's literally a shot. It's a golf uh, putting shot that occurs very late in the show. Mm-hmm. We had it staged so that the person making the putt is on like a green, like a long length of carpet and is making a putt that's going to roll off stage to go into the cup. Mm-hmm. Well, at this particular time, the putt was a little bit harder than usual and the ball hit something off stage backstage bounced off that and rolled right back out <laughs> even though it clearly was supposed to have gone in the cup i i, I really hope he went up and just putted it again <laughs> no we no. ignored it in that case we ignored it but yeah. it's a perfect example of kind of my philosophy with this as a director and that stuff like that is just going to happen and there's nothing i can do about it the yeah. best as i kind of tried to allude to last episode the best i can do is if it come uh, is potentially prepare somebody, or if it happens again, if it happens again, yeah. here's something you could do. That actually a way to deal with it. That reminded me of another show that that I hadn't noted down for the for this episode. But when I did uh, the Odd Couple, there was a whole thing where it's uh, all the poker players are on stage and we're we're eating sandwiches or whatever, and there's a pickle. I think it was my character that was eating the pickle, and then somebody takes the pickle and they're throwing the pickle back and forth, and one night the pickle accidentally went out into the audience. <laughs> but the audience got such a kick out of it that every night subsequent, we threw the pickle into the audience. <laughs> and everybody's like, ooh. Yeah, sometimes uh, you get happy accidents. Yeah. That's <laughs> Just like Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Yes, happy little accidents. <laughs> so what else have you had to roll with? Well, I can probably come up with more examples as an actor. Okay. So I but, kind of... But I thought you were perfect as an actor. Nothing would ever go wrong. Well, the first one I'm about to tell you wasn't really anything I directly did, Mm -hmm. although it might have been just because of things that were physiologically impossible. (laughs) Uh, I alluded to this in the last episode. I was saving it to tell in this episode. In a play I was in post-mortem, kind of a thriller, mystery sort of a thing, uh, my character is laying on a couch at the top of the second act, and you're not sure if he's dead or not. But this is a relatively intimate theater with a relatively intimate setting. The, the audience is very close to you. Right. It's a thrust stage and all that. Often happens in community theater. So I'm laying there on the couch, trying to be as still as possible, trying not to move, and I hear probably a couple ladies in the first or second row going, is he dead? <laughs> no, look, he's breathing. <laughs> uh, okay, so he's not actually dead, but is he? Is the character dead? <laughs> right. <laughs> What am I going to do about that? You probably just try not to crack up, I guess. Exactly. Which I think I was able to manage in that case. But you're that close that you can hear the audience reactions and you just have to be careful not to get thrown by it. Which I wanted to segue into the, the fact that I think a big problem I've had as an actor is what they refer to as corpsing. And that would be? That would be things like cracking a smile or chuckling or uh, situations like that when you're not supposed to be. So breaking character. More or less. Yeah. I have had that problem often in rehearsals, but I usually get it out of my system at that point. I have found it difficult because this is where I think my experience as an, as an actor has been that the live audience kind of throws me a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if they react in a way that I don't expect. And that's when this happens to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can happen. Thankfully, I generally can shut out the audience. And part of the reason for that is I wear glasses. And I can't see without my glasses. So I usually don't wear them on stage. There are some roles where the, uh, you know, the directors wanted me in glasses and I wear them. But a lot of the time I don't wear them when I'm on stage, so I can't even see the audience. So that helps. <laughs> I don't think it would matter in my case because yeah. usually it's dark enough and the lights are 
blinding enough yeah, in your face true. that you can't really see the audience anyway. Glasses are not. True enough. And I don't think it's the fact of seeing the audience that would really bother me. It's more hearing them, hearing yeah. their reactions to things and having it throw me. Got to stay in character. Well, to be honest, I'm having a confessional moment here, but I think this is probably a fairly big reason why I have not acted so much in recent years. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because that's understandable. That, that, that would make you nervous. It, it does, honestly. Yeah. And because I feel like I've not been able to get it out of my system, mm-hmm. I, I'm i never sure if I'm going to be able to overcome it or not. Dramas. I don't want to ruin the performance Just because of it. Just do only dramas. Well, I could, but <laughs> that might make it worse if something hilarious accidentally happens. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> Ways I've perhaps managed to cope with it a little bit is if I have the ability to turn away from the audience mm-hmm. when moments like that come up, I will. Yeah. Well, I mean. But can't always do that. If Jimmy Fallon can get away with it, I'm sure you can. <laughs> well, he's made a career out of <laughs> yes, it. Yes, he has. <laughs> Let's be honest, but. So what other. It doesn't exactly work for the kind of roles I've tried no, to play. No, it usually doesn't work so well for community theater it works for short skits but that's about it you can get away with it it works if you're already a well-known celebrity and you're appearing yeah. on saturday night live or if you're harvey corman or tim conway yeah right it's, it's one for the older people in the crowd yeah um, I got it. <laughs> the older people in gym <laughs> so what what other specific issues have you had i got a couple years? good ones same show where i was playing dead on the couch i had another scene in that where i was supposed to sneak up behind another character actor and hit them over the head with a stick mm-hmm. to knock them out and incapacitate them so I could carry them off stage. Right. And I actually had like a wood cane of some kind. Well, one night I couldn't control it well enough and I oh. hit him on the head pretty hard. Oh, geez. That's not yeah. good. Fortunately, you know, he got through the show okay and didn't yeah. have any major problems. He didn't actually knock him out or anything? No, nothing like that. But I know I hit him harder than I should have. Mm. And I held back. I definitely held back the remainder of the performances. Sure. I kind of almost like mimed it and kind of made like a sort of a grunting sound to kind of cover the fact that there wasn't really an impact. Yeah, so I mean... Just because I figured that was a safer way to deal with it rather than hit the guy. Yeah, I, that's... that's Injuries his, do happen on set. And his wife warned me after the fact. <laughs> you hit him again, I hit you. Please don't turn my husband into a blithering idiot. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, he actually passed away fairly recently, oh. so... Sorry uh, to hear that. Shout out to... Uh, about Ed. He was a great guy to work with. I worked, mm. on, uh, worked with him on a couple shows, and... I don't think he passed away related to anything that I did. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> because there, this was many, many years ago. Mm. But yeah, I felt really bad about that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's. I mean, injuries happen. I mean, I think I've heard of one actor breaking his ribs in a, or a rib in, uh, oh, what was the show? Forgetting the name of the show, but it's a show that I did years later. And he was telling me a story about how he had a like, you know, somebody was jumping on him on a bed or something like that. And, and he broke a rib. Ouch. And I think he went through the rest of the show with the broken rib and then went to the hospital after the show was over. So injuries can happen. And you have the EMT on staff backstage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was on the receiving end of some pain myself in a different experience. Yeah. It's a little revenge there. Uh, No, this is actually before. Okay. An earlier show is Agatha Christie made me do it. And Mm I uh, played this playboy harem monger i think it was described as and i think i remember this i think this was a show that i was you considering saw, directing and you, you did this uh Methactin, i believe yes that's okay. right yeah i did too well one uh somebody was a jilted lover or something came in and she was supposed to slap my character across mm-hmm. the face in one one scene and she was probably 17 at the, the actress playing right. her was probably 17 at the time so she was 
you know, afraid to actually hit me or, and everybody kept telling her, you got to do it harder because it just doesn't look right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not looking right. It looks really like weak armed, whatever. So one night, just kind of out of the blue in the middle of the run, she nailed me in the (laughs) cheek. (laughs) Oh my God. I did not see that coming. (laughs) Fortunately, it didn't phase me too much. I was able to get through the rest of the scene, Mm -hmm. but if I was acting like, you know, just before pretending to be in pain, yeah. I really was not <laughs> acting at that point. That's it. It's good. You can be method that way. Yeah, it was very method. Unfortunately, probably not the way you want to be method. No, unfortunately, <laughs> I think the rest of the run, I probably anticipated the slap coming up a little bit too much and dodged out of the way. Preemptively <laughs> flinched a little yeah. bit when it was coming. <laughs> just a reflex action. Yeah, that's that Scarred me. Yeah, I've dealt with some some punches and some fight scenes on stage, and it's never... It's never easy, especially, you know, as, as we were saying earlier, that particularly that some of the community theaters where we've worked, the audience is like right on top of you. So it's hard to fake that kind of thing. Yeah, you really can't get away with a lot of stuff. You, no. It's hard to suspend disbelief when people are right on top of you. Yes, it is. Have you ever had the experience of the actors trying to kind of prank one another in a show? Yes, I talked about that in an earlier episode with uh, Dracula putting a tennis ball down his pants. <laughs> well, I conveniently forgot about that story. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was blocking it, on, you might blocking have been. it out of purpose. I keep trying to block it. <laughs> well, at any rate, I had a similar occasion. Uh, this is actually goes back to my pre-community theater days. It goes back to high school. Mm-hmm. We were doing Brighton Beach Memoirs. I played Eugene. We had, towards the end of the show, Eugene's older brother surprises him with a gift, and Eugene's kind was, of... Was that gift a tennis ball down his pants? No, oh, okay. it was not, thankfully. <laughs> it was supposed to be a picture of a naked woman. Okay. Because he's sort of having the beginnings of a sexual awakening, yada, yada. <laughs> I won't go into the whole plot. But anyway, during rehearsals, we had like two pictures as proposed props for that. We went with the more dressed version for the show, or at least that was the plan. So yeah. that's what I saw on the first show. Closing night... It was somebody's idea to swap it out with the fully nude picture Aha! <laughs> without telling me. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the show, when I opened it up, it was really surprise <laughs> and amazement when I saw, oh, my God, she really is naked. <laughs> I don't think I changed the line or anything, but I was being more accurate in that yeah, case. Yeah. In that same production, I think on the last night, there was a kind of sort of a pass the button game going on amongst okay. cast members where they would try to surreptitiously give each other a button like an actual button what yeah a button oh wait 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 <laughs> like the kind that you pin on no no the kind for like uh the kind a shirt on button. a sweater okay a i'm sweater like button sorry <laughs> well i've never really thought about that but button is like three different things because I, I, I first i'm picturing better. like an on off button i'm like how do you pr- and then i'm like oh you must be oh, okay a, yes. a sweater button. sorry so a sweater button yes so <laughs> they're you know when when other actors were interacting with each other they'd give each other the button, mm-hmm. try to do it discreetly as possible. At some point during a uh, scene in the middle of the first act, there's a family dinner scene. Somehow the button ended up in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> the old button in the mashed potatoes. The old gang. button in the mashed potatoes trick. That's the third <laughs> time I've fallen for that this week. Anyway, so another case of trying to avoid corpsing. I did not know it was there. When yeah. I looked at somebody passed me the mashed potatoes and I see the button, I'm like, okay, don't crack up. Fortunately, that was staged in such a way so that my back was turned to the audience at that point. Well, that's that's good. That I got off easy. Yeah. That actually just made me think of, there's all these, I'm like jotting things down as we're talking because I'm thinking of so many other stories <laughs> from when I've been on stage. And that was just kind of, the, the button in the mashed potatoes for some reason reminded me when I did The Crucible, there was one scene 
I, I don't remember if it was like supposed to be a meal or what. I think it was. I think there was like food on a plate, but I never got around to eating. But there was this uh, mug, like like a uh, a metal mug that you might have seen from the time. And there was there was always water. Like a tankard? That. Yeah, a tankard. And I drink water from this tankard. The second week of the show, they had not replaced the water or uh. washed out the mug from the first week. So uh. I go and tilt it back and there's a layer of like moldy scum on the top of this thing Lovely. that I came extremely close to drinking. But thankfully the smell was bad enough that I went, nope, that's not getting tilted back any further. <laughs> yeah, I made sure they cleaned that thing out after that performance. That was not fun. Yikes. Yeah, but that's nowhere near the worst thing that's happened to me on stage. All right, so tell us other things about what happened to you on stage. Well, I mean, uh, again, like my first disaster for directing happened in the first show first community theater show that i directed the first disaster in acting happened on the first thing that i was on stage for and that was uh all in the timing that wasn't a full-length show that i was in that was the, that, that's uh, a bunch of vignettes uh written by david ives and the one that i was in was uh, this is the first time you did it right yes the first time i have done the show twice but this is the time that i was di- doing a uh, foreplay or the art of the few more golf yes more golf so the the general premise of the show is it's uh the same guy uh, played by three different actors on three different dates with three different women. But they overlap in time. They kind yes. of go back and forth. So the first one comes out. It's just this. It's a miniature golf date. And the and the first actor comes out with his date. And he starts, like, you know, using some lines on her. And it goes through. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of that date, the second one comes out. And they start, you know, he's trying the same lines on that one. And then eventually, me, as the third one, comes out. And They always come in threes, yes, don't they? Yes, they do. So, you know, we're all we're all wearing the same costume and I think we all had goatees. I we didn't we weren't like twins or anything, but so we're all doing this and about halfway through that, I just I went blank. Completely went blank. I'm standing there holding a golf club and I have no idea what to say. I know what's my line, but I don't know what to say. The convenient thing with this show is there's a lot of like spoken sound effects like every time he hits a golf ball, he goes puck and there's other like little mm-hmm outbursts like that uh like oh and yes and that kind of thing so i'm frozen and then eventually one of the other chucks the, the character it's, it's chuck chuck two and chuck three i was playing chuck three uh so i think chuck two just goes oh and that for some reason just jarred my memory back in and i remembered the line and we moved on with it but that was a pretty minor disaster well that's a great situation of Actors helping each other. Yes. that That's where it kind of pays to know what's going on around you and listen and be like, oh, somebody needs help. And all he could think of to do was to go, oh, but, but that was enough. So that was helpful. I think that, though, probably naturally comes out of all the time you spend rehearsing together. Yeah, it does. You kind of build a kind of know each other, mm-hmm. get to know each other. Yeah. So that was a fairly minor disaster, and I'm sure not even noticed from the audience. What I'm I sure, doubt it, Glenn. Yes. But what I'm sure everybody in the audience noticed was when I did uh, Musical Comedy Murders of 1940. That's another one of those uh, thriller comedy shows. And there's secret entrances. There's like this closet that never gets used. And there's a sliding bookcase. And to build this sliding bookcase, it was basically just a bookcase on casters. And I think it was, uh, there was like a, a, a track piece on the floor so that it would, you know, move in more or less the same spot. And there was a handle on the back of the bookcase. So at one point, I'm supposed to enter through that bookcase, and I grab the handle, and I pull it, and I enter on stage, and I guess I forgot to let go of the handle on the bookcase. So the entire bookcase starts falling over. (laughs) 
Now, this is something I guess I had enough experience at that point. I turned around. I straightened the bookcase. I lifted the bookcase back up, turned back around and went on with my line. So <laughs> while I'm sure it was noticed Smooth. as the, like, really, what else am I going to do? I mean, the bookcase was falling. If I didn't catch it, it would have crushed me. So I caught it, righted it and went on. But it gets worse from there. Oh, no. Yes. So here's one that was not my fault. <laughs> okay. And I think we're going to have to bleep part of this out. That's his side of the story. You got a bleep sound ready? Because we're going to have to bleep. I can come up with a bleep sound. Okay. Don't worry. So when I was doing uh, dial M for murder. He said the M word. No, no, no. That's the, the curse comes later. Okay. So I'm um, actually, I, we can leave it in there. I, I, I don't think we need to worry about it. We can decide later. whether. I don't know. Ready. iTunes says we have clean lyrics. Do, okay. Well, then we'll bleep it. <laughs> So uh, there's this one point where I come out on stage and the, uh, the, the, the guy who's the murderer is being all sneaky and everything. Or not the murderer. He's, is he a murderer? I don't remember. Whatever. The bad guy in the show is on stage and he's trying to hide something from me. And so I come out and there's this briefcase on a chair that he doesn't want me to see. So we're talking for a minute and then he just goes, well, let me just find some place for you to sit. And he picks up the briefcase and walks off stage with it. And I'm on stage uh, by myself for, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever it is. So one night, uh, one performance, I walk out and we're doing our scene and we have our little discussion. And then he turns to me and he goes, let me just find some place for you to <laughs> And then walks off stage. <laughs> and so I'm standing there and you can hear the wave of recognition through the audience, like this little titter of laughter, and then it just kind of spreads in the whole... Somehow I managed to keep a straight face through this. I have no idea how. But yeah, it was clear what he said, and the audience did laugh at that one. Wow. That one wasn't my fault. The worst one, however... You think he did it on purpose? No, he didn't. I, I talked to him afterwards, and he had no idea he did it. Absolutely no idea. Wow. I mean, it happens. Sometimes you just have an overly sibilant S, I guess. I know of a situation in a show that happened when I was in college. It was a college production similar to this, but mm -hmm. I wasn't involved in the production, but basically somebody got put up to saying something they really shouldn't have. Ooh. They got blacklisted for a couple of years. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you want to do intentionally. No, yeah, this is completely intentional. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, mistakes are going to happen. You don't need to create them. Well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, that was a really blatant example, but sometimes I think you do have more subtle examples of actors trying to prank one another. Yeah, I, pranks happen. Uh, I, I certainly discourage that. But. I do, too. I mean, as an actor, me personally, that would really throw me off. It, I'd find it way too distracting. It's hard enough to try to make the show work as mm -hmm. it is, assuming everything does go reasonably correctly. Yeah. Let yeah. alone, you know, kind of living on the dangerous side and introducing wild cards to it yeah well i mean i told you uh, this was the, the i just dracula don't think it's the... respectful though to other actors well no but uh, as i said the dracula with the tennis ball down the pants uh, that guy who had a he, he has a bit of a penchant for pranks but he knows who can handle it and who can't and i would certainly discourage it and i would tell him to his face uh if you're listening don't do that. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be to his face. That would be through the podcast, and I'm not naming any names, so I guess... Say it to that. my face. Yeah, I'm saying it to your face. So don't do that. Okay, I wasn't going to. <laughs> I pointed menacingly there. He did. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, I guess, I don't know, preferable if you know your audience and know they can handle it, know your actor audience, if you know what I mean. Right. Know who you're pranking and know if they can handle it or yeah. not, but don't, you know, if you're 100% sure that... 
whoever you're doing this to can handle it. That's one thing. But I would still discourage it greatly. It's still a risk. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. If I were, as a director, if I knew somebody did something like that and it had some sort of unexpected circumstance that Mm -hmm. made something noticeably get thrown off, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't hear about this until after the show closed, I think. I I didn't hear about it that night. I I don't remember when I heard about it, eh, but I think they were wise enough not to tell me about it until after the show closed. But it was, I mean, it was completely unnoticed. So that's the kind of prank that I guess is the best kind of prank. Well, if you can get away with it. Yeah. I might find it amusing after the fact. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find it amusing. It's an amusing story now. I wasn't involved with it really. So it's an amusing story now. One story that does involve me that I'm still upset about. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing this one. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to tell us. So uh, there's a show I did a number of years ago called uh, The God Committee. And uh, this is a, it takes place in a hospital and it's a, a bunch of people trying to decide who's getting a heart, an available heart transplant. So there was the, a board or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is a, a drama, obviously. Uh, the character that I'm playing is... Uh, uh, handicapped, he is, uh, I guess, paralyzed from the waist down. I don't remember what the actual story That would be a was. paraplegic, Glenn. Okay, so he's paraplegic. So rehearsals, I was in a regular wheelchair for it. When we opened the show, they got me a, an uh, electric scooter. So I had a the fine ride. Yes, it was. So that was, uh, you know, the green room at this theater is downstairs, and we kept the scooter upstairs backstage. They didn't put in an elevator for you? They did not put in an elevator for me. It's not... Uh, not ADA compliant. It is not, no. Shameful. Um, so we did get the extra wide door for the stage so that I could get the scooter through easily enough. <laughs> now, now, this whole time through rehearsals. That would have been really embarrassing yeah, been if like, they found out, <laughs> since they were getting the scooter so late, if they found yeah. out during tech week it wasn't going to fit through the door. We were prepared for everything. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I did probably bump the doorway a couple of times because it's, it's still hard to maneuver through there. And I was always worried I was going to accidentally drive the thing off the stage because there's like one scene where I'm kind of spinning around. It's supposed to be dancing. <laughs> but that didn't happen. I managed to keep the thing on the stage. However, there's one scene. The The scooter was kept, uh, as I said, backstage on one side of this door. And uh, the ladders to get upstairs from the green room were on the other side of the door. So I would come up and, you know, while the door was closed, I'd walk over, get into the scooter and then drive it on stage. Uh, one night, I'm um, sitting and, you know, kind of whispering to another actor backstage. And then he makes his entrance and leaves the door open, as he's supposed to do. And then I'm supposed to come on with the scooter. However, I was on the wrong side of the door. So this door is wide open. I'm standing on one side of the open door. And my scooter is on the oh, other no. side of the open door. <laughs> Stuff starts running through my head so rapidly, like, can I get over the door somehow can i climb over it what do i do do i just drag myself across the floor <laughs> i really i had no choice at that point i'm like i i'm screwed so my gut i can fuck yes <laughs> it's a miracle <laughs> uh so basically i just kind of like very quickly with my back turned to the audience just kind of scooted across well not scooted across walked across <laughs> uh with my back turned hopefully i'm, like, I'm, like, Nobody's like noticing. I'm not here yes and then got into my scooter and just did the rest of the scene. But I was just beating myself up quite a while afterwards. In this theater, this was at Barley Sheaf. They have something. They do uh, a banquet every year and they give out some awards that, that judges give. And then there's some awards that are given out by the previous holders. One of those awards is known as the Weenie Award. <laughs> oh, man. And that year, there was really no competition. I won the Weenie Award for that movie. <laughs> Why did you win it? 
Well, I mean, it's... What it's, exactly is the Weenie Award The Weenie Award is, is given to somebody that has screwed something up. And <laughs> that was a pretty big screw-up. So, there you go. You blame yourself. Uh, there's no one else to blame for that one. That was my fault. I mean, the director forgave me. I like to think I've forgiven myself by now, but I don't know that I entirely ever I'm just will. trying to envision all these, like, alternate scenarios of other things you could have done. Like, yeah, I, one picture in my head is... This arm reaches across the doorway, grabs the wheelchair, slowly pulls it across. Except it's a scooter, and I could not, uh, I, there's, I couldn't reach it. wouldn't have been able to do that. No, it was like parked, like far away from the door. The parking brake was it. on. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there's no way to reach it, and you can't drag it. Oh, man. I mean, I could have dragged myself across the floor, but what would have been the point of that? <laughs> a really dramatic moment. Yeah. I could have just jumped really quick. Maybe they wouldn't notice. <laughs> I leapt across the open door. Here's so, a really yeah. outlandish idea. What if uh, you, what if you flagged the stage manager, and the fl- stage manager could have flagged the lighting person to black out the stage really quick? By Wait. the time, like it really, it was only like a couple of lines because the guy just kind of comes on, delivers a couple of lines, and then I'm supposed to come on. It was the this stuff that I'm saying ran through my head, really ran through my head, super quick. <laughs> but in the end, I was screwed. And I mean, if I can give anybody advice. Based on that, it would be to to forgive yourself. I mean, I I'm, I still struggle with it, but I mean, the bottom line is mistakes do happen, and sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. This was one of those times, like, yeah, I, I didn't make that same mistake again. I made sure that I was over on the correct side of the door by the time that door was opened. That's how you learn. But that's the best you can do. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I want to say, well, we had the scooter all of Tech Week, but as I said, before that, I was in a, uh, you know, a manual wheelchair and that was smaller, so I think we might have had it on the other side of the door. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. I was just I was distracted and not paying enough attention. So pay attention, and if it does get if you do screw something up, hey, forgive yourself. You uh, you kind of make another good point in that in a production like this, particularly with expenses involved, mm-hmm. the fact that Tech Week happens so late. Yeah, you really are integrating a lot of relatively new things right before you open. Yeah, a lot of times it is like that. So it's really not surprising that stuff like this could happen. Yeah, and I mean, I I've seen I I would say more than half the shows I've been involved with as actor or director don't truly come together until Tech Week. You know, you have generally uh, full show rehearsals leading up to Tech Week, but there's still a lot of rusty spots that don't get ironed out. That's a really bad metaphor, but you know what I mean. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> wrinkles that don't get, get oiled, or yeah, I don't know. A lot of wrinkles that don't get ironed out. Let's go with that. But it's all just the nature of live theater. Yep. And I'm not a priest, but I will absolve you of your sins if that makes you feel better. Yes. Your theatrical sins. As I, it were. I feel so much better now. You should. So uh, coming up next week, we have another mystery. Um, Ooh. Yes. Hopefully, we'll have a uh, uh, some guests coming in. We. Started lining people up. If you're interested in coming on the show, you can uh, shoot us an email at podcast at backstage dot link, and we'll attempt to get back to you quickly. Sometimes we're a little slow with that. Sometimes I'm a little slow with that. It's me monitoring the email. So yeah, Jim doesn't do. Jim doesn't pull his weight around here. <laughs> he just hits the record button. How hard is that? You, wait, you're Jim. That's right. Well, I, I'm not a priest or anything, but if it makes you feel any better, I absolve you of your sins. I think you need to absolve me of an exorcism or something. I'm having dissociative <laughs> identity disorder, apparently. apparently. Referring to myself in the third person. Yes. Yes, Jim is. 
So anyway, whatever we end up with next week, we hope you'll continue to tune in and uh, hope you enjoy the show. So uh, until then. We thank you for the listeners we have obtained thus far. I know probably a lot of people I've been talking to who are already involved in community theater. They're uh, probably enjoying some of the experiences, especially if it shows that they've worked on mm-hmm. hearing about them again. And, yeah. Uh, Tell your but friends. We're always, we're always open to hearing other people's experiences, too. So it'll be good to get to do that in the future. Yeah. And until we do that, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Never. Okay. Hi, I'm a twit. And welcome to... <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. <laughs> I can never get that out without cracking up. For some reason, every time I say it the first time, it sounds weird to me. And welcome to the Backstage Show. <laughs> the Backstage Show. Hi, I'm Jim Walker, the Backstage Show. Oh, boy. <clears throat> We're going to have a great time today, kiddies. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah. I can probably add more to these. Well, maybe something will pop into my brain when we're talking. <laughs> then watch out. Well, we won't hear it because we've got the pop filters on. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it, Jim. We got plenty of outtakes for this one. Yeah, we do. I actually wonder if people mm-hmm. like 40 or 50 years from now are going to refer to stuff that happened between 2000 and 2009 as the aughts. Back in aught seven. I've heard people do that, like, sarcastically, but I don't know that anybody will ever do that for real. Know. We'll probably be dead before it's it just catches not, on. I, I, I think back in the 1900s, I, th- I feel like that was just a more common way to do it, and it's just like, this time it's 05 and 06. I don't know. Whatever. That's a really, really far off tangent, but anyway. I, I think that's far enough of a tangent that we could probably cut that part out. <laughs> that was an awesome story. <laughs>